Struggling to stay up to date with social media? Do you want to get ahead online? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Public Sector Marketing Show, the podcast for public sector professionals who want to elevate their digital communications. Here's your host, Joanne Sweeney. Hello and welcome to episode 82 of the Public Sector Marketing Show. Do you know how to tell a compelling story online to move an audience? Well, stick around because in this episode, I'm going to show you how. Stories make the world go round. Our brains are wired to remember stories more than facts and figures alone. And in the world of attention and your challenge to stop the scroll, it's the story that's going to make the difference between scrolling on and stopping. I interview Sally Murphy, who is a storytelling expert and the founder of Well Told. And I tell you how to introduce the art of storytelling into your digital communications. The amount of dull copy that I see coming across my email inbox, my desk, my news feeds is extraordinary. You really need to understand the art of turning dull copy into meaningful and engaging copy that leaves an impact with your reader, with your viewer, or with your listener. We live in a world where attention is the number one currency. And in the attention age, I believe it's mastering the art of storytelling that will make a huge difference for you. I spoke in recent episodes about how the world is changing in terms of digital news consumption. And people's attention span, I would argue, is reducing. And they're going away from mass media and really chasing niche content that serves their appetite. Introduce the algorithm of TikTok, and then you have niche at scale. So how do you ditch dull copy in favor of copy that stops the scroll? I've been teaching my students in recent weeks about putting the main character of the story at the center of their copy. My clients, obviously government and public sector, have kind of pushed back on that and they say, well, Joanne, we have to talk about our government agency. We have to quote the CEO or the head of department. We also have to quote three stakeholders and we have to talk about our funders. And I say, yes, you have to do that and you can do that. But if you start your story with that approach, you have completely lost the public audience. What you want to do instead is think about who is the main character in the story. So for example, one of the stories that we were talking about over the last couple of weeks was how a town in Ireland was becoming a breastfeeding friendly town. And so obviously the main character in that story is a pregnant woman or a woman who has recently given birth and who is breastfeeding their child. So that's how you put the main character in the story. And then you go a step further and you let, you let that main character tell their story because they, their story is going to resonate with all of the new mums and the pregnant mums that you want to reach. You then wrap up the story with the context that it's 
being driven by your organization, that you've got partners and businesses in the town, and without your stakeholders, this wouldn't happen. So you can see how I'm reframing the story. So my challenge to you is get your next dull copy, transform it, and put the main character at the heart of it. Public Sector Pros, do you want to progress in your career? Are you going for promotion? Do you want to stay ahead of the digital media landscape? We can help you. View our training calendar at publicsectormarketingpros.com. How we share stories have changed. Text and the written word has always been around, and we tell stories in case studies, in press releases, in articles, in colour pieces, in newspapers. Audio and TV have also been around too. But how we share stories is very different in the digital age. So once you've crafted your story and you've built out your story arc, and we'll hear a little, little bit more about that from Sally in the interview segment, it's then time to package the story up for distribution across traditional and digital media challenges. But most of the work has been done. The flavor of the story isn't going to change. The character in the story isn't going to change. The hook in the story isn't going to change. Neither is the target audience. But what must change is how you repurpose that story to make sure that it is optimized for each digital and traditional channel that you are sending it out on. So of course, if we were reaching out to traditional media, we use the tool that is the press release. If we are pitching radio stations for interview, then we must have the main character and maybe somebody from your agency as two potential guests. If we have TV news reporters coming out to cover the story, then we need some contextual visual elements, B-roll and an interviewee for that reporter to package their TV report and send it back to the station. Then we move on to the world of digital. And this is where we can be much more creative, where there's more room for that creativity. And what you need to do now in terms of story distribution is you definitely need short form mobile video content. So it's the, the TikTok and Reels and the shorts. You also need some highly visual graphics like an infographic or an Instagram carousel. And then don't forget about digital text-based content. So we have Instagram threads. If you're listening or watching to this outside of Europe, hopefully Instagram threads will come to us soon. TikTok have introduced text-based posts. And of course, we have X um, and LinkedIn, depending on the audience. And then we want to amplify through email marketing. Maybe we want to do pay-per-click advertising. And then, of course, we have content marketing, which I spoke so extensively about in the last episode of the show. You can have LinkedIn articles. You can have LinkedIn newsletters. You can have blog on your website. There's so many ways that you can turn this story into something that really lands with people. And of course, don't forget the power of audio. Maybe those stories deserve to be told in the intimate medium of podcasting. So the lesson from today's consulting segment is once you have crafted your story, be sure to optimize it and share it across all mediums the way that the public expect to receive it. In today's show, I'm thrilled to have my good friend 
and an expert that I have huge regard for, Sally Murphy on the show. Sally is an expert storyteller. She's also a TEDx women speaker and she's the founder of Well Told. She offers a global coaching and consulting service, working with clients like Google, Johnson & Johnson, and Sally won the Northern Ireland Creative Industry Skills Award in 2017, and she's spoken at Microsoft Ireland for International Women's Day in 2019. Her message encourages leaders to share their stories and to shine. Sally, thank you so much for joining me on the Public Sector Marketing Show. Thank you for having me. I'm the one that should be saying thanks. Well, listen, you are an epic storyteller and recently I had the pleasure of seeing and hearing you on stage first in, in Brussels during EPP Group Youth Week. But we've known each other for, gosh, I'm going to say almost two decades. And I, I know what you do and the caliber of your work, but to actually see it in person was something to behold. But tell our viewers and our listeners um, how you got into being a person that teaches storytelling. Oh, thanks, Joanne. That's lovely to hear. Um, yeah, so look, my background is in primarily in culture and the arts, and um, I spent 20 years working in that sector, always as an organiser, never a maker. And I suppose one of the stories that I would have told myself was that um, I wasn't, it sounds crazy, I wasn't creative, um, you know, because I was surrounded by people who were so incredible at whatever it was that they were doing, visual art, filmmaking, writing, whatever it was. And so I saw myself as an organiser. Uh, and then um, a series of incredible events led me to taking a chance in 2016 and um, setting up my business. Well, at that stage, it was called Murphy Communications, Connect, Create, Communicate. Um, and I set out on a mission to do, I wasn't sure what. I was literally following my gut um, and and I was very lucky. I was consistently asked to do different pieces of work for different sorts of clients. So that looked like um, some consultancy for some uh, public sector um, organizations um, and, and writing, strategy, strategy writing, strategy creating. Um, working with small business owners and that looked like um, going up with a content strategy for a year it looked like writing their about page it looked like coaching a mix of lots of different things um, and by 2017 uh, I was beginning to see that there was a real there was a real avenue in terms of narrative and storytelling which was incredible for me because I had studied English literature in university and remember that the story I'm telling myself is that I'm not creative, I'm a maker, not an artist, I'm all of those things. And then for me to be able to see that actually there was something here where I could explore the world of helping people through creativity, that process helped me to own and acknowledge my own creative self. So I would have great empathy for people who feel they're not creative or who feel like they have a block against that because I've, I've walked that path. Uh, 2017 I get a big break and I am invited to uh, begin to do work with Google and that changes everything again so it's a, a constant story of change and 2018 I rebrand from Murphy Communications to what the business is now which is called Well Told and we say that we are on a mission to help people tell better stories. And why are stories so important for public sector marketing pro? You know I always say to them guys 
You don't always have the sexiest message. In fact, you don't always have a good message to sell. Mm. But how can storytelling telling be their friend? So, like I say, that storytelling isn't a nice to have, it's a must have. And there's lots of different reasons for that. Um, you know, Richard Branson said that storytelling is as old as a campfire and as young as a tweet. So storytelling is built into our DNA as human beings. We communicate with one another in the form of stories all the time. If you watch a group, watch your next meeting and people will come into the room in that 10 minutes or so before the meeting starts and they'll start to communicate with one another in the form of stories. Did you hear about this? Did you notice that? I was driving here. I got stuck in the car. They're telling stories, right? So that's how we make sense of the world. Um, you know, facts and data are really important, but they don't compel us to action, actually. Um, we know that human beings make decisions based on emotion, first of all, and that's deeply subconscious, and then they justify it with logic. So marketeers and salespeople know that, right? In terms of the public sector, why it's so important is because they because the communities, whoever they are, the audiences for the public sector are relying on them to help them solve some sort of a problem all the time. And that's where the skill of storytelling in terms of public sector marketing becomes really important. It's not about anecdotes and the 10 minutes before the meeting chatting. It's now about moving to a place where you find and craft and communicate intentional stories that transmit your beliefs, that foster understanding and trust and motivate people to collaborate with you in whatever way it is you need them to collaborate. And you see, for public sector, it, this is really important because at the heart of the public sector initiative is people, citizens who need to understand and relate to and trust the messages that the public sector is sharing with them. Um, and like you say, sometimes those messages aren't good messages. It's not good news. However, the citizen still needs to understand that news and to be able to do something with it. So the, the role and the goal of the public sector communicator is to simplify the complex, to understand that stories are sticky. They will pull people towards your information rather than you trying to push it towards them, which is really important in terms of driving engagement with your message. Um, and it's about building trust and credibility. And I think that every single person in the public sector knows that they want to build trust and credibility with their audiences um, so that they can get the job done, so that they can um, create stronger, healthier, happier communities. And so fundamentally that they can create a legacy so that over time, the narrative that the public sector is sharing is one that sh shapes the public's perception of and interaction with that public sector. Makes sense. Absolutely. And tell us what are the ingredients then of a great story? You know, like Joanne, you know, like you know me that I'm like an information hound. So I'm constantly trying to get like what is the one answer to this question? And the reality of it is is that and even Google it, like you'll get gazillions of articles. So uh there are some that I'll tell you the four. The four things that I think are really important, right? Four or five things, but then I'll need to give you another couple of layers to that. Is that okay? So in terms of when I work with people, I have a four-step process with their stories. And, and what I say that we need to do is we need to find the stories, refine them, 
so that we understand what stories for what audiences, what themes, etc. Then we need to build them and then we need to deliver them, right? So there's a four-step process that I work on. Each one of those has lots of different parts to it. So when we're considering the, the, the delivery part of the story, right? We've got a great story to tell. We know uh, what it is. We know the audience that it's for. We understand the value of the story, what the takeaway is. Um, why we want to tell it, then what I say you need to make sure that you have is context, characters, conflict, conclusion, and a call to action. That call to action piece is really important. So let me talk through those. The context is, what is this story? Why am I telling it? Why now? Now think about this for a moment from like a marketing perspective. If an organization is, or a, 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 a shop or an online studio, it doesn't happen because the algorithm's nailed, my persona there's no point in trying to sell me um environmentally friendly nappies right because i'm not at that stage of parenthood anymore i was and i would have been a kind and i did buy environmentally friendly nappies but now i'm not part of that uh, that context doesn't make sense to me anymore i'm becoming an empty nester so send me ads about van life and remote working from Portugal. And I'll be linking into that a little bit more, right? Different. So the context is really important in a story. Does the audience understand this story? Do they need this story? Um, am I making the setup of the story clear to them? Because the confused mind always says no. So at the start of every story, you need to cite it in a time and a place. That's why at the start of Star Wars, it says in a galaxy far, far away a long time ago. The context there is okay, it's not here, it's not now a long time ago and it's in a different galaxy my mind immediately understands that pattern right so context and scene setting is really important at the start of a story the next thing that's really important is characters who are the characters in a story because people are pulled to stories about people so there can be any amount of characters right the character might be people in your audience it might be people in your organization whatever it is introduce the characters in the story very quickly at the start the next piece that's really important is conflict because I think it was Robert McKee, the screenwriter said, tension equals attention. Without conflict, there is no story, right? Without, there for, without the need for some type of change, there is no story. Without showing how you overcame an obstacle, there is no story. Otherwise, it's just an anecdote. And that's not what we're talking about here. It has its place, but it's not what we're talking about here. So you need conflict. And then you need to bring your audience on a journey of the conclusion of that conflict, the transformation. And that might look like we had this situation, it was really difficult. These were the characters involved in it. This took place at the start of the year. We were faced with an enormous obstacle and we didn't know what to do. We knew that what was at stake was that we wouldn't be able to achieve our targets in these areas if we didn't solve this problem. So we gathered a team together and we took these three steps. And now we're happy to say that we can see the transformation that's taken a result, taken as a result of the work that we did. That moves me on to my next point, which is call to action. The call to action is really important in public sector marketing and in all leadership storytelling, because that's the reason why I'm telling you, my audience, the story. So I've had this experience. We met this challenge. We learned a lot along the way. We fell down. We got up. We've learned a lot from it. This is where we are today. And here's what I want you to know about the experience that I had. This is what I'm telling. This is why I'm telling you. This is what I want you to do with the information. So the call to action piece is really important. So those are kind of five pieces that I would say are key. The other thing that I think is essential, um, and it, you cannot have a story without it, is emotion and real emotion, right? Um, 
there's a really famous neuroscientist called Antonio Damasio. And what he talks about is how emotion is the first step on the ladder to memory. So we have to we have to remember that the people that we are engaging with are assaulted by information all day long. Trust is at an all time low. People don't know where to go for information, who to trust for information. They're approaching the world with cynicism more and more and more. They are overwhelmed with information and choices, swipe right, swipe left. It happens not just in dating apps, it happens in every single digital interaction. So what we need to be able to do is we need to be able to appeal to the heart. We need to be able to find emotion in our storytelling. Um, so emotion is, is essential in storytelling. And then structure. You know, stories have a pattern. They have a clear structure, a beginning, a middle and an end. Um, in Ireland, there'd be kind of an unkind saying where people say, you know, your man's lost the plot, which means to say that someone has stopped making sense, maybe. That comes from our need for a narrative structure. He's lost the plot or she's lost the plot or they have lost the plot is the fact that somebody's not making sense anymore. So when you're building your stories, um, you know, you're looking at an overall storied campaign approach. And then with each individual story, you're thinking, what's the beginning, middle and end? What's the thesis statement at the start? The one big idea I'm trying to get across. Where's the conflict? Where's the emotion? Have I got clear characters? Is the context there? Is my ask strong? Is my takeaway strong? My reason for telling you the moral of the story? So there'd be some tips I'd give. Oh, they are such great tips. And you, you know, we're talking about an organization telling a story in government and public sector, and you 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 mentioned leaders. I mean, you you know, I'm always trying to get leaders in government and public sector to to show up as themselves, but as the human self. And they really struggle because they do not want to cross that line of the professional me versus the personal me. And then, Sally, you say, I need to put emotion into it. You know, we're going to lose the dressing room. But I know you work with leaders. How do you help them get out of their own way, be better storytellers, and for them to be the main character in the story? Yeah, so it's a very good question. And, um, and I'm writing a book about this. So uh, because I come up with this all that I come up with this issue all the time for people. And I, I think a couple of things about it. Right. I think that leaders are being tasked with huge asks at the moment in that they need to um, do what leaders need to do, which is lead their people always in times of uncertainty, because there's always uncertainty through to some sort of a change. Right. And and so that that job, they've, they've signed up for that. They've 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 worked towards that. They need to be like on point with the business objectives and goals, you know, and, and expertise experts in their area, you know, um, again, broad industries. What does that mean inside large organizations? So they need to be expert. They need to lead. They need to be people first. Um, they need to be able to hit their ROIs and their targets. And now on top of all of that, they have to be heartfelt, empathetic, vulnerable communicators. Like it's not, it's a lot, it's a lot to ask people. And there's there's a real, there's a real divide at the minute or, you know, uh, disjoint, I think, between what people are being asked and tasked to do and then the realities of the environment that they're working in, right? Um, that's one struggle, I think, that meets leaders. And the other thing is that, we live in a cancel culture where information is spread immediately and um, like instantaneously. And so I, a lot of leaders I know are and, and understandably afraid of saying or doing the wrong thing, not just because they might appear 
foolish or that might in any way harm their reputation, but because they're afraid that they'll say the wrong thing and it will cause damage to other people and they'll get cancelled, right? So that's a very real threat that exists for people because, you know, that um, that that trolling that happens online and that way that people are attacked across the field is, is really, it's a really ugly side of, of digital, right? So to answer your question, you know, what can they do in order to embrace storytelling as a tool and how can I help them? I think it's about, was that your question or have I, have I gone off on a tangent? Will you remind me? <laughs> Con convincing leader is that, you know, they need to be storytellers and they need to show up and lead out on the story. And as you say, that's the whole notion behind the book is yeah. that it's a big struggle because we now don't want to see corporate logos anymore, do we? We want to we want to connect with a person. A leader is somebody who will stand up in the midst of a crisis and say, we've got it, or equally, we don't have it, or we've messed up. And it's about being brave, right? It is about being brave. And I think, I think, you know, I think we have to be clear also for leaders, we have to be clear on why they want to use storytelling, right? Because storytelling and using uh, having a storied approach i'm not saying that you know and i know you don't think i am it doesn't take the place of you know the the data entry on spreadsheets or the need to make sure that we you know achieve the kpis for the rest of the year right that's but this is a tool so understanding the why in storytelling is really important it, are they are they looking to use stories and this will be with the questions that I ask when I engage with a new leader is it that they want to inspire their team and um, what's happening with that team is it that there's um conflict or inertia or um is the culture being affected inside a team um is it around onboarding and talent hire and retention is it around being able to really remember what the company vision is and to drive people together in a collaborative way towards achieving that company vision? Do they need to drive change in some way? Is it about building more cohesion across their teams? Or is it about their own leadership brand and their identity? Is it about how they're showing up? You know, so there's lots of different ways into this. But what I always say to the leaders that I work with, and this is really important, like, you know, because leaders will say things to me like, well, you know, I don't want to make it all about me, you know, but it is, it is already all about you because you are the leader. The people are already looking at you. You are already in the spotlight. So let's find a way to make sure that you are in the spotlight and using that spotlight to illuminate the path forward for other people in a way I that feels comfortable and authentic. Oh, my God, I love it. Um, yeah. If you're listening, just hit replay on that segment from Sally and listen to it again for for double impact so we've got the story right we're leaning into emotion and um, it's aligned with our goals and our objectives but we live in the digital age where it's the attention economy and it's really difficult to stop the scroll the scroll and mm. you also when you're getting your stories you, you know how to repurpose them how to present a story in multiple formats that's important right yeah it's really important and like you know with all of these things like the the sunny side also has a shadow side always right so like what's incredible about digital and what's incredible about the world that we live in now is the speed and the capacity and the dexterity with which we can create and share content the shadow side of that is that it can be overwhelming and confusing and and another thing is like we we because of the online stuff 
you know, we compare, I compare myself to other people all the time and I decide that everybody else is doing it better than I am. When I look out too much like that, it freezes me and it makes me stop. Where I find myself able to really intentionally and authentically create content is when I go back and I listen to my audience and I remember what it is that they need from me and, and how I'm here to serve. Because that's fundamentally my job, right? I'm here to serve. And how do I do that? You know, and I don't say that in a grandiose way, you know, you know, but 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 in the small corner of the world that I operate in with the pool of people that I work with, I want to do my absolute very best to help them on this stage of their journey. So in terms of digital, I think that re repurposing is brilliant, not just text, it's audio, it's visual, it's film, um, and because we have a really diverse media landscape. And I think that that's important because we need to not just it all comes back to the audience all the time, because our audiences are on different parts of the Internet. Some of them are on Instagram. Some of them are on Clubhouse. Some of them are more on LinkedIn. You know, some of them, it's the Internet. Maybe we need to do more film inside our organization. So where age old, where are our people and how do we engage with them and connect with them? And, you know, I think then, and I mean, look, you're the expert in this, but I think it's about being aware of optimizing for each platform because each platform has its strengths, you know, like I even see Spotify starting to diversify and do different things on its page for the artists that you're following, you know, you're able to kind of interact a little bit more. Um, and I think that it's about being able to work smart, but go back to your intention all the time, because I think for me, one of the things that can stop me sometimes from making content is that there's so much noise out there. And when I feel like that, I have to remember that there are people out there, and you've reminded me of this, who need to hear what I have to say. That is absolutely the case in the public sector. So it's about trying to drown out the noise, focus on where your audience is. Remember that this is about boosting visibility so that you can help more people with where they're at and be a servant leader, which is what the world needs, more servant leaders. So finally, top three tips in terms of wrapping up a, an organization's storytelling manifesto. Well, look, the goal of turning campaigns into stories is to make them resonate, isn't it? You know, um, and to, to pull humans towards humans and move people from what, what general information to specific information, from abstract concepts to tangible you know, ideas and from passive states of being to active engagement. That's what we're looking for, right? So I think that three things that a public sector marketing professional can do is, or anyone actually really, is first of all, reach your, your campaign and real experiences, humanize your message. Who are you? Why does this matter to you? Why are you saying what you're saying now? I am, um, it's a bit boasty, but <laughs> but I'm proud of myself actually. So I'm studying at the minute with um, an amazing um, lecturer in Harvard called Marshall Gans, Professor Marshall Gans. And he says that in order for people to be moved to action, you have to have two things. First of all, you need to have um, criticality, you know, a sense of this, this thing has to change and it has to change now. And the second thing you have to do is have hope. Hope is what moves people to action. So when you're considering your campaign and you're considering the real experiences of the people in your organization and the people that you're trying to communicate with, what's the urgency and where's the hope? I think they're two really important things for people to remember. 
And within those two questions, you'll find the emotional narratives that you're looking for. Um, and I think that from a public sector perspective, I think you need to prioritize clarity and you need to prioritize accountability. So, you know, it doesn't mean that you're able to fix everything for all of the people all the time, quite the opposite. But you're clear on what your role is. Um, you provide space to listen to people um, and you communicate in a in a in a coherent and consistent way about what it is that you're doing because you're on the same path as the people that you're working for actually we all we all have a common goal so it's about letting people know where you are on that journey towards achieving the common goal. Sally your advice is remarkable and even as a storyteller I could listen to you all day and I know we're fellow Donegal people and you know we're easy on here <laughs> but you you really are wonder, a wonderful communicator and Thank you so much for all the value and the insight that uh, you provided. Where should you direct our viewers and listeners to find out more about you and your work? Thank you, Joanne. Um, yeah, you can find me welltold.ie, so W-E-L-L-T-O-L-D. And then on all the socials, I'm at welltoldsally. She is welltoldsally. <laughs> Sally, thank you so much for joining me. And I look forward to seeing you in person very soon. Me too, Joanne. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 82 of the Public Sector Marketing Show. If you want more public sector marketing expertise, then why not grab a copy of my book, Public Sector Marketing Pro, available from Amazon and Kindle. And if you want to listen to the book, you can get that from Audible. Don't forget, you have time to register for one of three of our upcoming live online courses in digital marketing and social media for government and public sector. These courses bring your skills, your competencies, and your confidence to the next level. There's also a discount code on our website. So go ahead and jump over to publicsectormarketingpros.com. I will see you on episode 83. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with a public sector pro you know. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube. For more free resources, details of our upcoming training courses and consulting options, log on to publicsectormarketingpros.com.